Villas Grace Church. Building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know Him, to grow in Him, to go with Him. Well, it's good to be up here this morning to be able to share with you all. Um, as Pastor Matt had said, we're, we're working towards the end of our Villas Grace Values I'll be doing six of seven today, and Pastor Matt will be wrapping it up uh, next week, and then we'll be moving on to something else. But this is going to be uh, our partnership class, and we're going to encourage everybody to go through it, and it's just a good opportunity for someone that wants to join our church or someone that wants to be a partner with us in ministries. They will understand exactly what we're about as a church. So... What a great song. Thanks, Sarah and Mike. I love that song. Fear is a liar. Today, we're going to talk about truth. What is truth? Pontius Pilate asked Jesus that at, at his trial when Jesus said, you are witness to the truth. Pontius Pilate said, truth, what does truth even mean anymore? It's funny because as history is cyclical and it comes back around over and over again, we seem to have a very uh, bad truth problem these days. If you ask somebody out on the street, what is truth, you'll get all sorts of answers. It's almost like to most people out on the street, they feel like truth is something that they get to create themselves. It's something handmade and tailored by their own experience and for themselves. It's kind of like a, I have my faith, or I have my truth, and you have your truth. They're both equally valid. Uh, years ago, my eldest daughter Zoe was in a philosophy class, and they were talking about this exact same thing, and the professor was saying, truth is relative. It changes with the individual. There is no such thing as absolute truth. To which my daughter raised her hand and said, did you just make an absolute truth statement that absolute truth doesn't exist? His, his statement contradicted itself. Because if absolute truth doesn't exist, he can't absolutely proclaim that it doesn't exist. In fact, truth by its very nature defined is that which is true or in accordance with fact or reality. So when we're really talking about truth, we're talking about things that exist in fact or reality no matter what we believe about them, correct? Let me give you an example. Let's say you're on a small aircraft. You're flying through the plane, you're flying through the air. The, the pilot says, we just realized that we have a fuel leak. We only have a few minutes left of, of fuel. We're gonna have to abandon this, this aircraft. But don't worry, there's parachutes in the back. So make your way into the back, get a parachute, and get ready to jump off of this plane. Sounds exciting, right? But as you get your parachute and you're walking back up to the front, someone stops you and says, wait a minute, man, that's not a parachute, that's a backpack. Now you only have a few seconds to choose. What do you do? Do you make your way back to the back of the plane and go back to that guy and say, hey, listen, someone just told me this was a backpack. I surely don't want to jump with a backpack on. Is this a parachute? Or do you just trust that guy? It's funny because if we use the, world, the world's logic and that professor's logic, at that point, we should just sit comfortably in our seats and say, hey, man, 
you have your truth and I have my truth. What's the big deal? The big deal is I want a parachute. (laughs) So if you look at this closely, this is actually a backpack. I don't know why some kind of psychopath would make a backpack look like a parachute, but they did. Kind of looks cool, but I hope that never ends up on an airplane. So if you would have chose this, you would have, the second you stepped off of that aircraft, you would have found out what the truth was. And if you chose this, the last thing you would hear is a loud thud. In our current condition, as human beings, it's a morbid thought, but we are all going to die, correct? 100 out of 100 people are going to pass away someday. I have a good friend at work that if somebody says something like, it's so hot in here, I feel like I'm gonna die, she'll say, eventually. (laughs) She's right. She's absolutely right. 100% of us will pass away one day unless Jesus comes back, which would be awesome too. I'd like to bypass that. But are you, when you face that day, it could be today, it could be 50 years, it could be 80 years, that day, are you going to have a backpack or a parachute on? Our sermon title today is We Seek Truth. Here at Villa's Grace, we seek truth, and we believe that we seek it through the word of God. Amen? Let's uh, get into our text today. It comes out of 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. Let's read that. All scripture is breathed out by God, and it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. So if we take all these ideas together and we take this scripture together, we get this one main point, which is we seek truth through God's word. We believe God's word is absolute truth and is the authority which governs the believer's life. Here at Villa's Grace, we seek truth through God's word and we believe God's word is absolute truth and is the authority by which that governs every believer's life. Let's break that scripture down to find out why that's true. All scripture is breathed out by God. Now, what exactly does that mean? Some people think um, that it was, that people were inspired to write about God as, 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 as the Holy Spirit um, kind of beckoned their hearts. Some people will even go as far as to say that the Holy Spirit took over somebody as their pen was going or as they were speaking. We believe that all scripture is God breathed. It is, was the Holy Spirit that inspired men to write out God's truth. It was the Holy Spirit revealing truth to a personal man at that time to speak or write out God's truth. A lot of people object to the Bible because they say it was written by man, therefore it's fallible. I was on Facebook uh, earlier this week and I was commenting on one of my family's page. They they brought the Bible into it, so it was their fault. Um, So... Anyway, uh, this guy, you know, as I was, you know, speaking the truth of scripture said, if you believe in a book that was written thousands of years ago by some guy that had a political bias, you're ignorant. 
To which I responded, well, that's funny because it's not just a book. It's uh, actually 66 books. And it was written approximately by 40 authors of diverse backgrounds from fishermen to doctors to kings over the course of about 1,500 years on separate continents. And yet it's funny because it all proclaims the same message and that's the coming savior or the savior that came. That's pretty amazing to me. So apparently that guy wasn't the authority on the Bible. This could only happen through the Holy Spirit revealing truth at that point in, in time when the truth was given to us. Is there any other kind of evidence that points to the Bible being accurate and true? Well, I'm glad that you guys asked this morning, because yes, there is. You guys are hungry for the truth this morning. There's, oh, there's tons of evidence. We have thousands of biblical manuscripts. Now, we don't have the exact copies of the first copies. Well, we have copies of the first copies. We don't have the first written documents because they were written on animal hides and papyrus that, that deteriorate over time. But what we do have is that we have over 6,000 manuscript copies. Now, why is this a big deal? Because as you remember, I said a minute ago, because you guys have great memories, this was written down for thousands of years by different people on different continents that didn't know each other. Yet we could take them and we can compare them side by side and go, wow, look, what was written is the same here and it's the same here so that we could be confident that what we have here is exactly what was written down all those years ago. To me, that is pretty amazing. Uh, separated by geographical areas by different time periods and exactly accurate, each one. Archaeology supports the Bible. I had a pastor that said one time, every time an archaeologist spade hits the dirt, an atheist dies. Because because what's funny is that every time we, we see these things that pertain to the Bible, it, they dig up evidence that supports the Bible. I'm not 100% true, but I remember hearing, uh, they were saying that the Hittite nation didn't exist, or it, it was one of those, it was a small nation the Bible talks about. And they went on and on, okay, you know, this is just made up, it's fairy tales in this book. And then one day, oops, they dug something up, and it was evidence that this people group existed. What's really amazing is in around 1948, when they found the Dead Sea Scrolls, there were some kids playing next to a cave and they threw a rock up into a cave and they heard clink. So they went up to investigate and there was all these cisterns just sitting there. And they realized that it was biblical manuscripts. Um, the entire book of Isaiah was, was in there, which is awesome because it has probably the most um, prophecy about Jesus written about six or 700 years before Jesus walked the earth. We now have that, that we can look at and we can compare our book of Isaiah to what was written there and see that it's accurate and it's true. That's pretty amazing to me. But like I said, what's really amazing is that I believe that this, the Bible is true and that it's absolute truth because its prophecies are true. You have to understand something about biblical prophets. You probably didn't want to be one because it was a lot of trouble. You either had to say something to someone that could get you killed, or if you said something wrong and it didn't happen out exactly word for word, you could be killed right on sight. 
It wasn't like this Nostradamus garbage where they could just say some kind of babbling that's so general that it could pertain to anybody at any time. It was specifically uh, specific prophecies that were going to unfold exactly the way that they were written. That's pretty amazing. In fact, prophecies about Jesus Christ himself, like I just said from the book of Isaiah. There's this one idea that, uh, that someone came up with. Just eight of those prophecies Jesus f- fulfilling in one day has the odds of one to 10 in, to the 17th power. Now, I'm not a mathlete, so I don't understand stuff like that. But let me just tell you this. A billion is one to like the ninth power. So this is one to the 17th power. I can't even fathom a number that big. They said the odds of something happening one to 10 to the 17th power is like coating the state of Texas in silver dollars, two feet deep, drawing an X on one, mixing the entire pile up, and then blindfolding yourself, walking the state of Texas until you've completed it all, bending down once to pick that up and it being the one you drew the X on. That is the odds of one to 10 to the 17th power. But we know Jesus didn't just fulfill eight prophecies that day, he fulfilled 29. Jesus fulfilled 29 prophecies that one day to the letter, things they had no control over, like the price of his betrayal will be 30 pieces of silver. He will be deserted by his disciples. He will be mocked, ridiculed, and rejected by his own people. He will be executed among sinners. They will cast lots to divide up his garments. Most of these were written five to 800 years before Jesus was even born, and a lot of it is historically documented by sources outside of the Bible. Now, we know the authority is the Bible, but it blew my mind as a young Christian when I started to uncover these pieces of evidence that, wow, like when somebody asks me about God's word and they say, well, yeah, you just believe it in faith just like anybody else does. It is true. It's impossible to please God without faith. And you are saved by faith and faith alone, not facts. But how awesome it is when I get to have an intellectual conversation with somebody that hey, here are some logical reasons why I believe this is absolutely true. It's absolutely what it claims to be. But what's even more amazing than any of that is that the Bible is alive. It's a living, breathing book that when we open it, especially as Christians, and we have the Holy Spirit inside us to reveal truth to us, it changes us. Unlike any other piece of anything written throughout the history of mankind, this book changes lives. And it's not in a self-help way, it changes hearts. To me, that's completely amazing. So it brings us to our first point, which says, because the Bible comes from God, it is absolutely true in everything it describes about Jesus, salvation, and life. Now, I spoke about a few different things with history and all this logic and reason. That's cool. To me, that's like cherries on top of the Sunday. This is the good stuff. This is what you need to know if you're getting ready to step off that airplane. What I want to know what the truth is that describes Jesus, salvation, and life. That's what I'm interested in. As we move on, Uh, In verse 16, 
It, we know that it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So here it is. It's absolutely true. We know it's true about what it says about Jesus' salvation and life, and that is very profitable. What is it profitable for? For teaching. I don't know about you, but as a, a brand new Christian, I didn't really know anything about God. I didn't really understand how this all worked. In fact, the fear of God is, be, is the beginning of all knowledge. The Bible is perfect to teach us about God. It's perfect to teach us how holy he is and how lost we are as sinners. But it, as Mike said, it's also perfect to teach but God. Because when we were in that state, he saved us. It's perfect to teach us about the power of God, about the love of God, and how to even love each other. It is perfect for every single thing in our life today. It cracks me up when someone says, why do I care what some sheep herders said thousands of years ago? That doesn't pertain to my life. Oh, really? Because we're still not dealing with jealousy, the, the hunger of power, lies, deceit. Sin attacking us at, at our core, we're still not dealing with those things? That's funny because I thought we are. Speaking of which, it's also profitable for reproof and correction. Reproof is a, is a real fun word these days because everybody likes it. Another uh, term for that would be rebuke. Because everybody in here likes to be rebuked, right? Rebuke means, hey, listen, what you're doing right now is wrong. You should probably stop it. That's a rebuke. Um, sometimes we need God's word to tell us what we're doing is not right. Amen? I mean, I could think of many times when I'm sitting there studying and I'm reading through God's word and, 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 and all of a sudden it just reveals to me a biblical truth and I'm like, wow, I'm really blowing it there. I'm so glad that I got to read that, 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 that God, it's almost like he had that little nugget there for me because he wants to correct me and he wants me to be rebuked because he's a, a fun sucker? No, because he loves me and he cares about me. And 99.999% of the time when God's asking us to do something or don't do something, it's because it's either destructive to us or it's destructive to someone else, right? Last, training for righteousness. You think about the military, you think about police, you think about first responders, they have to do a lot of things that in our human flesh, if they don't act but react, they'll do the wrong thing. We're no different. Listen, it's hard sometimes. It's, it's really hard because sin is a beast. If we're honest with ourselves, sin is something that attacks us and it's really hard for us to deal with. Sometimes we need to make hard choices. Sometimes we need to do things that it's just not natural in our flesh. But if we train ourselves in righteousness and we're trained through the truth of God's word and we're ready to act when that happens and not react in our flesh, we'll be way better off. That brings us to our second point. God's word is a gift. And it is a gift that God intends for us to use every day. God's word is a gift, and it is a gift that he intends for us to use every day. Why wouldn't we get the goodness 
that God has for us and grow in his word every day. And it also brings us to our main, back to our main point. Here at Villa's Grace, we seek truth through God's word. We believe God's word is absolute truth. It is the authority which governs the believer's life. That is why it's important that this is one of our core values. Last but not least, verse 17, because God doesn't just leave us there. It says that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. What's awesome is that God will never ask you to do something, or he'll never ask you to make a decision, or he'll never ask you to make a sacrifice unless he's willing to equip you to do it. I think about martyrs these days. A lot of people don't realize that there's actually more people martyred, that means killed, for the sake of the gospel today than at any other time in human history. Is that not mind-blowing? But I believe in that moment, in that moment, God has prepared that person to make that, that ultimate sacrifice. Because in our flesh, you know, we want to survive. In our flesh, we're scared. In, in our flesh, you know, we want to be with our families. In our flesh, we do all these things. But I believe if God called me today to be a martyr, that he would equip me to do so. It's not going to be in my own power because he knows I'll be running that way really fast. But he's, he's willing to equip us because, listen, we are sin-filled creatures living in a sin-filled world. Amen? So we struggle sometimes with belief. We struggle sometimes with decisions that we have to make. We, we struggle even with trying to know him better. We definitely struggle with trying to follow him like he asks us to follow. And living righteously, that is hard. But God gave us our, his word. And if you see it up there, it says, so that we be, may be made complete. Guys, in our sin-filled, sin, uh, sin condition, we're incomplete. So he gave us this word to equip us, but also to make us complete. And that brings us to our last point. God's word is a gift to us so that we could be made more complete and equipped to live for him. So it is a gift that God gives us, but he gives it to us not just so he could tell us what to do, but so that we could be made more complete and we could be equipped to live for him. Because as Christians, that's what we're called to do, amen? So as we, as, we, as we start to wrap up, as we bring this to a close, I just want to ask you a, a couple of questions, church. Do you really want to be a church that knows the true God, that grows in him daily, and that wants to go with him to spread the good news of the gospel? Then if we're going to do that, we're going to have to take his word very seriously. We're going to have to believe it and put our faith in it as absolute truth. And how do we do this? By remembering, because the Bible comes from God, it is absolutely true in everything it describes about Jesus, salvation, and life. Now, I gave you a bunch of facts, and I gave you a bunch of, you know, historical evidence, and, and that's great. You don't have to remember all of that, but what I want you to be is encouraged this morning that you can have faith in God's word if you don't already. 
There's, there's actually things that give evidence so that hopefully it strengthens your faith. That's all that that's for. And second, God's word is a gift, and it is a gift that God intends for us to use every day. If God gave us this so that we can know him more, we can grow in him more, and that we could live better lives because of what we know, why wouldn't we use it every day? I know it's hard. I get up some mornings, and the last thing I want to do is crack open my Bible and read. But I know that God has something good for me that day. Third, God's word is a gift to us so that we would be made more complete and equipped to live for him. If you want to see your life catch fire and start to make a difference in your general area, whether it's work, whether it's school, start to do these things. Let God's word equip you. If you want to see this church start to reach this community, it's going to be a bunch of believers that are sold out to the truth in this book. And of course, that's why our core value six to seven is we seek truth through God's word. We believe God's word is absolute truth and is the authority which governs the believer's life. Let's pray. Father, help us to be that church that, that always seeks the truth. We know that you are the giver of all truth. You love us so much that you revealed yourself to us through the word and help us to understand your truth through the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells inside every believer. Lord, help us to understand your truth and follow it every day. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.